0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84, here with you as usual to host the show. We've got a busy week for you. The Open Championship, fourth major of the year. Should be a whole lot of fun uh, breaking it down here for you as we uh, get to, you know, an exciting event after a couple of weaker field events. Uh, we'll briefly recap the John Deere from last week but uh, before we do that I will introduce my two co-hosts uh, as usual Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth on one side. Noto how you doing?
1: Yeah doing good uh, last major of the year kind of a bittersweet moment but uh, yeah these are going to be fun. I uh, can't wait for the show tonight and I'm sure a lot of you have seen uh, Tambo's tweet unfortunately not going to be with Roto-Grinders anymore, so I uh, just want to say uh, awesome working with you, Tambo, and uh, we're going to miss you, but uh, yeah, we got TJ on board this week, so I'm excited for that, too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, a shout out to Tambo. Thanks uh, for uh, working with us there for a year. It was a lot of fun uh, doing the shows with you, and uh, appreciate everything you did along the way, so we wish Tambo the best. Uh, But we've got Mr. TJ Lasig here. He's been working with us for quite a while, so not new to the DFS Golf Streets by any means. Uh, You might know him as, uh, if you've checked out Roto-Grinders Premium, the guy tagging Cameron Tringali quite often in our lineup HQ uh, uh, value selections uh, that he does every week. But uh, TJ, welcome to the show and uh, nice to have you with us.
2: Yeah, how's it going guys? Good to be on the show. Shout out to Tatambo was doing the Monday review shows with him for the the past almost year at this point. So uh, best of luck to him and whatever's next. And yeah, I'm like the, the the rookie that gets the call up the day before the big last major of the season here. (laughs) So just going to come in, play a solid role here and I'll let you guys carry me home. Uh, at least we
0: don't have to talk about some of the names that we've had to talk about the last couple of weeks. It's a little bit easier to talk about a major when you've got a you know a, a guy who was, what, 9,900 last week and Kevin Streelman's in the 6Ks on DraftKings this week. Makes it a little easier to, uh, to build lineups. But uh, we'll take a quick look back at the John Deere. Of course, uh, it was a horrible week for weather. Um, I always go, and I had lined up to go on the weekend, and it basically rained all weekend uh, throughout the Saturday and Sunday rounds there, the John Deere, uh, and didn't really feel like sloshing it around with an umbrella to watch Cam Champ and uh, Lucas Glover and those guys. I didn't really have a sweat, so if I'd had a big sweat for something, I might have you know, gone and braved the rain, but uh, no sweat and uh, no good weather. It was like 68 degrees. It was gross for this time of year. Uh, meant uh, no trip to the John Deere for me, but Lucas Glover uh, takes it down. I believe his first win in nine years, if I read that correctly. But uh, uh, made enough putts and uh, stayed hot there on Sunday in some more challenging conditions, and was able to get the win. So it was uh, it was an okay DFS week for me, but uh, wasn't really in in the hunt for anything major there going into Sunday. So uh, just one of those weeks, and hopefully saving up the uh, good karma. For this week, Uh, TJ, I'll throw it back to you. Any uh, big takeaways or or thoughts or big wins for you last week?
2: Yeah, uh, kind of an average week for me last week. I think feeling feeling the same way of you guys, excited to get past these weaker fields. Going to be feeling a lot more comfortable about our lineups, at least the the players in the lineups, given the major. But no no big takeaways. Good to see Glover get into the winner's circle, someone that, that I've been on a bit over the course of the past year. Fortunately, not a ton last week. But, yeah, excited to, to move on to much more exciting things with the Open Championship after a year off.
0: For sure. Uh, always great to see this tournament back. And after a year of uh, not being contested due to the pandemic uh, and, you know, travel restrictions and all that, uh, nice to have it back here uh, this year. Noto, uh, thoughts uh, last week? I would imagine with uh, Brian Harmon's performance, it probably wasn't the, uh, the turnaround that you were hoping for with your John Deere luck.
1: Yeah, the uh, one golfer that never lets me down misses the cut. Um, I think he was like four under on Thursday, and then uh, didn't ever even sniff the cut after that. But yeah, that was disappointing. Hopefully, Lucas Glover's win will uh, you know buy him some good home time uh, for the next little bit. I know he's had some issues there, so uh, yeah, it was good to see him getting the getting the win uh, again. Kevin Na with another high finish. He's one of those guys that you just play on these shorter tracks. He's going to pop uh, every so often, and. Uh, I was glad I tried to talk Tambo off of Ryan Moore on the lineup HQ show. So yeah, overall, just not a good week for me, but uh, like TJ said, I'm excited for this week to build some lineups where I actually feel pretty good about the guys we're clicking.
0: Yeah. It's uh, should be a lot more fun this week uh, than it has been the last few, as far as the lineup building process goes and, you know, you're not trying to figure out uh, which, uh, you know, plug your nose golfer you can, uh, you can leave in your player pool. Not going to have that problem, this week. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see Lucas Glover. And I, I think for it, uh, for a while there, a, for a while on Saturday, our guest, the golfer guy last week. Now remember it took like 50 guesses for the YouTube chat to guess our, uh, punt golfer of the week. And I had never been rooting harder for Scott Brown in my life when he had the solo lead on Saturday, uh, for a while. And I think he was only like a shot or two back heading into Sunday uh, and, and ended up with a top five finish. So if you played Scott Brown at 6,800 or whatever he was last week, uh, that was gold for you. So hopefully at least a few of you got onto Scott Brown from our guest, the golfer, um, segment uh, last week. And we'll do that again here. Uh, when we get to the value section for the open championship, um, towards the end of the show, we'll have our guest, the golfer for our favorite value of the week. Uh, for a free week of Roto Grinders Premium. Uh, Those of you that are interested in signing up, this is a great time to do it. Obviously with the major this week and get all our golf content Um, and you know our premium subscriptions now, you get the option to pick your sports or you can do the combo package, which includes basically everything except NASCAR. Uh, And Devin, our producer, will drop a link in the description. If you sign up through that, uh, we'll get you $10 off your first month purchase of Roto-Grinders premium. So check that out if you're interested and uh, we'll do our giveaway uh, promo at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and dig into this week. Obviously lots to get to with the open championship, uh, loaded field, major tournament um, being contested. You know, they, they do a co- course rotation for this. So Royal St. George's is the, is the host course this uh, year, which has, I believe was last year used in 2011 for the Open and then also in 2003. So not a ton of data, at least recently on the course, uh, but it's going to play as your traditional link style layout for the Open Championship. Uh, and early forecasts uh, look to be a bit breezy uh, and there is only one tree on this entire course. So I did manage to watch the hole by hole video walkthrough yesterday. Uh, one lone tree on the course. So if it's windy, Uh, this is going to present a challenge. So Nota, we usually send it to you for the course breakdown. Uh, obviously this is a, a new test for most of us, but, uh, what do we know about the course this week?
1: Yeah. So Royal St. George's golf club, uh, in sandwich United kingdom. Um, I have two different weather forecasts posted in, uh, my article and in the first look if you want to check those out because this week more than any other uh, wind is going to play a factor right now it kind of looks like it's going to be pretty windy Thursday and Friday throughout the both days but uh, we know weather can change on a dime over there so definitely be ready to uh, stack some tee times so, uh, even if it doesn't look like there's an edge I think there is some merit to stacking uh, tee times both ways um, this week but as far as the course 7200 yards par 70 um, you know, we think of the open championship rota, and this one just doesn't come to mind. It kind of feels like a new course. It was 10 years ago that we last saw it. Darren Clark ended up winning, uh, he was one of the biggest long shots that we've ever seen uh, win the open championship. So, uh, that kind of brings a, a bunch of stuff into play for me. Um, as far as the course, you know, the the thing that comes to mind for me is undulations, the fairways, extremely hilly. Um, you're not going to have any even lines on this course, the greens a lot of bumps in them. So even if you had a lot of good shots, you're going to get a lot of bad bounces and that's just kind of links golf in a nutshell. So I'm excited for it. I think you're going to have to have a lot of patience in order to contend this week. And yeah, you want to avoid these bunkers, deep pot bunkers probably going to be, you know, at least half stroke penalty if you hit into them and uh, the winning score, you know, it's just going to depend on the weather, but like I mentioned, it does sound like it's going to get uh, pretty gusty. So for me, I'm just looking at all around golfers, Uh, Guys with good short games, guys that are creative, and guys that have links and open championship experience.
0: The good news is that since this uh, tournament starts at such a weird time in the States, uh, A, if you're a a night owl, it'll be great for your sleeping pattern. But since it starts like at 1 a.m. or so uh, Thursday morning in the States, if you got a guy that's, you know, plus 8 through 10 holes and your lineup's dead by 5 a.m., you can still enter contests for the Barbasol. Uh, that starts at you know eight o'clock and, uh, and you can, you can try to, to make some money there. Um, I, I thought of that because somebody mentioned that they were rolling Scott Brown again in their uh, Barbasol lineup where uh, just for, uh, for the sake of, of clarity, Russell Knox is the sixth most expensive golfer and Adam Shank is the eighth most expensive golfer and uh, Scott Brown is 8,000. So, uh, if you're interested in putting together similar lineups to what you have the last few weeks you can play some Barbasol championship uh, contests but uh, uh, I'll probably end up throwing a lineup in there now after when I'm up early watching the uh, the open I'll throw a Barbasol lineup in there but probably won't have time to uh, to talk about that here on the show but uh, good luck if you do happen to play some Barbasol lineups so uh, TJ what are you thinking about the course this week and uh, how much stock are you putting into guys you know with the uh, a question that a lot of people might ask is guys with more open championship experience versus guys that, you know, might be playing well in the States that don't have as much open championship experience. You think of guys that are, people are going to perceive as being really cheap, like maybe a Jason Koch or a Sam Burns or something like that. Uh, how are you balancing that, uh, you know, weighting those factors this week?
2: Yeah, definitely. Always an interesting thing to consider when it comes to the open championship in particular, I'm, I'm definitely weighing the experience. I think it certainly matters. However, some of the, the guys you just mentioned, a couple of them were in my value plays article because you're just getting such a discount on them relative to the abilities that they have as a golfer. And so I'm, I'm willing to take some chances on some of those guys that maybe don't have the open championship or links experience from the past, but we've seen them perform at all different kinds of, of courses and different field sizes, field strengths in the past. Uh, I also think, you know, in general, I tend to, to look heavily towards ball strikers, but leaning more towards the the all-around game and, and looking more at scrambling and around the green play than I typically do, just because especially if the wind gets crazy like we are expecting it to at different points, you're going to need to scramble at certain times. You're going to need to be able to get, get those up and downs and saves par. So factoring that in a bit more than I do, but uh, when, when push comes to shove, I do tend to lean towards those ball strikers when I can.
0: A lot of runoff areas around the greens here. And certainly if it's windy, you're going to want guys that can scramble and save par, um, you know, when they have to. So should be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and start breaking it down. No, to anything else you want to highlight from a high level before we get rolling?
1: Uh, No, let's get into it.
0: All right, I will uh, let. Uh, teach, you know, I still have the barbasol up here. We got to get off of that. I was getting ready to go through the top <laughs> options, and I see Seamus Power, and Schwartzel, and
2: oof. Uh, thank God probably. you don't have to. Yeah, if you <laughs> kick <laughs> it to me and ask me my thoughts on Shane Powers for this week. I'm <laughs> like, <uh-oh. laughs>
0: Uh, all right. That looks a little bit better. So we've got, uh, it, the pricing is always a little bit softer in majors, partly because the field is so deep and partly because the sites generally set it up that way intentionally, but just to try to make it easier. you got a lot of casual DFS players playing this week. There's nothing really else on the DFS calendar right now. I mean, baseball doesn't really start up again until Friday, uh, NBA, you know, you got the showdown games for the finals, Uh, but those are, you know, once every two or three days, um, you know, NHL is done. So not a whole lot of sports going on, getting the attention. It's basically just golf this week. And so you will see more casual players putting in some lineups um, and they like to make the pricing a little bit softer for the majors just generally as well. So we got John Rahm clearly the, uh, the most informed golfer uh, on the planet right now. I mean, he won the U S open eighth at the PGA fifth at the masters top eight finishes in all three majors this year. Uh, pretty hard to argue against him as the top, you know, and the favorite at this point. Uh, but it is kind of shocking to see him at like seven or eight to one to win, where then you get everybody else at like the, you know, 16, 18, 20 to one range um, that, you know, that's, that's putting a lot of stock in, in ROM's play. Um, and you still got, you know, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Major Brooks, uh, Dustin Johnson, and Xander Shoffley there at the five figure price tags on DK. So, uh, TJ, you got to make Ram a priority or where are you looking in the five figures? Yeah,
2: it's always tough in the majors, right? Obviously all the elite golfers in the world are here, but to me, Ram does stand head and shoulders above. I think it, it makes sense. What you said about the betting markets, it's tough to bet him outright at that number relative to the other guys. But when it comes to DFS, I mean, the, the guy has more top tens than anything else over the last six to 12 months. And just continues to to perform at a high level. Not even factoring in the the would have been second win that that he would have had if it weren't for the unfortunate COVID case. So definitely prioritizing Rom here. I'm not looking to get crazy, crazy overweight. Uh, I mean, he's certainly going to come in high owned, but looking to to get slightly above the field on Rom and then sprinkle in some of the other guys from there. Major Brooks is also something else that that I feel like is just a thing. It's very narrative-based. And for the most part, I try to stay away from narratives. But I do think that there is something, too. Brooks just rising to the occasion when it comes to the majors. Xander, I think, is just a super solid play, sitting at 10K. Always does well in the, the higher-end fields. And then, you know, I, I want to play one of Rory or DJ. And it, it's, it's crazy to think that we can get them under 10% ownership here. I'm, I'm kind of leaning Rory at this point but curious your guys thoughts between those two as really the only spots that you can get significant leverage at the top.
0: Yeah. It's kind of surprising to see Rory and DJ at, uh, such low projected ownership. And I get, you know, obviously you got form questions with them compared to the others, but, uh, boy always looks a little tempting when you can get Rory and DJ at, you know, seven or 8% ownership. So, uh, Noto, what say you on these top guys and you got any thoughts on Rory and, and DJ?
1: I was going to say the first thing that stands out to me is the ownership of those two. Uh, usually above 10 K we see everybody in the teens at least. So um, if that sticks, I'll definitely try to get at least some of them. Um, if you do have, you know, more than the field on DJ and Rory, then you're probably not going to be able to get 25% of ROM and Kepka. But um, I think it makes sense to get a little bit of all of these guys um, for all the reasons you guys mentioned, ROM makes a lot of sense. Only six players have beat him over the last three tournaments combined, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, you know, Rory just doesn't seem like he's in the best of form, but, uh, the open track record certainly there remember the last time out, it was at, uh, in Ireland and he shot like a 79 on the first day and nearly came back and made the cut, uh, on the number prior to that, he had uh, three straight top fives Brooks, like you guys mentioned, um, just, a, a major beast. And, you know, he came out today and said, he doesn't like the course. And I swear he does something every week of a major, just to, make himself an underdog or, you know, he's limping up the stairs or he can't walk or he can't read putts. And now, now he doesn't like the course. Cause uh, you know, he can't see the fairway on a couple. I fully
0: old, expect him at like next year's masters or something. He's going to roll up to the tournament in a wheelchair or something. I, <laughs>
1: I, I think he just likes to be the underdog and likes to have people not picking him to win. Um, but I, you know, I'll obviously play him. Uh, 19 major starts in the last five years, four wins, 11 top five. So just unreal. Uh, and then DJ kind of, there's a reason why he's low on, but uh, wouldn't surprise anyone if he won. Point per dollar basis, Xander is going to be my favorite. Um, he's elite all around. He's got eight top five finishes in his last 17 majors. So second only to Brooks Kepka over that span. Never missed a cut at the open. Uh, Nearly one here in 2018 when, uh, you know, Tiger and Molinari were battling it out. So uh, I think it's a really strong range. I'm going to plan to get a little bit of exposure to all of them, but uh, I think Xander is going to be my favorite.
0: You are making one lineup with the only stipulation being that you have to use either DJ or Rory and it's a single entry lineup. Which one are you taking?
1: That is a great question. And I will take, I'll take Rory.
2: All right, TJ,
0: I'll throw you the same question.
2: I was going to say the same thing. I'll, I'll take Rory just because of the history at the Open and always always has that upside. But, man, it, it's tough. Either of those guys on any given day are just the, you know, you see them at the A-plus game, you're like, oh, that's the best golfer in the world right there. Yeah, but I'm going to yeah. go Rory.
0: Rory did come seventh at the U.S. Open, so uh, I will uh, make that a three-for-three sweep on that question. If Rory uh,
1: uh, shoots, like, even par on Thursday, just, just bet him to win right there and then <laughs> – Because he's like 100 over par his first rounds of majors in the last 10 years. It's crazy.
0: Second and third rounds, he tends to be okay. That first round and sometimes that final round have been snake bites for him. So, um, yeah, obviously hard to dislike any of the guys in this range, but figured that was an interesting question with how low owned they're going to be. And, you know, you're probably not going to put both of them in the same lineup, but uh, certainly don't mind choosing one, particularly in GPPs. All right, let's go ahead and move down into the 9Ks. I'll give Noto the first crack at this range. We've got Bryson. um, Probably the the, the least talked about he's been at a major event in quite some time. Uh, In terms of DFS interest, you've got the caddy split. You've got poor performances at courses that should have absolutely suited his ability to bomb the ball. Um, You know, missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage and doesn't have a top 10 since the Wells Fargo back in May. So um, nobody's talking about Bryson this week. You got him at low ownership. And part of that's going to be because lots of people like Spieth, um, you know, Justin Thomas had a bit of a discount. Oost showing up, you know, getting his rubber stamp second place finish in the majors. Morikawa, uh, you know, one of the best ball strikers. And you got Hovland in here too. So um, Bryson appears to be the uh, – the the least owned out of these guys, and and Spieth might be uh, the highest owned golfer in the field. At least that's what we're showing right now by a fairly healthy margin. So, Anoto Chalky Spieth, what do you do with that?
1: uh Chalky Spieth, I think I have to be in. Uh, we know he leads, you know, everyone in strokes game you know, magic around the greens and on the greens. I mean, he's just a magician out there. He's gained off the tee and on approach in eight straight events. Um, he's had one of the best ball striking. You know performances during that stretch, so uh, everything kind of lines up for him. We know he's won the Open before. I do like Speed. I also like JT. Um, he's a lead tee to green as well. Pretty good history on links. T eight last week at the Scottish. I kind of like the guys that played last week in, in Scala think, and in Scotland. Not
0: that I think JT was first in off the tee last week as well.
1: So so that's always nice. We know the irons are great. Around the greens, great. If he puts well, I think he's kind of uh, guaranteed to be there on Sunday. Obviously we got to play Louie, um, just uh, bridesmaid forever, but uh, he has won an open before and he's just been playing so well. Uh, I got to play Louie. Typically he's like 7,500 in these fields and now he's 9,300. So I think we could get him at lower ownership than usual. Uh, if you like Bryson this week, my advice, just bet him outright 35 to one. Uh, I've seen him up to 40 to one in some sports books. Uh, that's just wild for Bryson at a major. I don't really like him for DFS. I think his miscut equity is pretty high. Uh, you mentioned all the reasons why, and uh, I don't think the RNA gives out Green's books. Uh, I wasn't able to verify that, but uh, we know he relies on those heavily. Uh, that's why he struggles at the Masters, at least one of the reasons why he's mentioned. Morikawa, I don't really know what to do with him and Hovland. I feel a little bit better about Hovland just because he uh, has a little bit more experience over in Europe. Uh, and Morikawa was T71 last week at the Scottish. I wasn't didn't feel great about that. And then uh, Terrell Hatton, uh, this is kind of the best major for him. He's just a true grinder. I think he makes a lot of sense, but uh, he's going to be pretty popular as well. All
0: right. Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting range. Um, and, and, you know, with my slight anti-Speeth bias that still exists, it is really, you know, it's tempting me uh, with him, you know, possibly going to be the highest owned golfer to, uh, to risk the fade, uh, though it's certainly not based on statistics at this point. It would just, just be based on potential leverage and, and hope. Uh, that, uh, that he doesn't bring the magic this week. But uh, I haven't made a decision on that just yet. So, uh, TJ, what's your thought process here on this 9K range?
2: Been in the same boat with you on Spieth of just being, you know, personally stubborn about, oh, it's Jordan Spieth, it's, it's short term. But at this point, he's proven it to me for long enough over the past, I feel like it's five, six months at this point. So definitely going to be looking his way, just someone that, that's got really the all-around game. Clicking right now, top in the field in strokes gain total over the last 50 rounds. So definitely like getting, at least even with the field on speed, not trying to go too crazy there. Justin Thomas, a little bit lower than you guys are on him, which which scares me a bit. He's the person I wrote up in the expert survey this week that I'm I'm afraid to be underweight on. But uh, know that he's been rounding into form a little bit. But probably, I'm not going to fully exclude him, but a little underweight on that front. I'm a big Victor Hovland guy. Know that it's the you know his first time out at the Open Championship. There's some concerns. My biggest concern with him around is around the green and scrambling play, but just striking the ball so well and has been knocking out those top ten finishes. So I like Hovland a little bit over Morikawa and Hatton. Um, Hatton, someone like Noda said, want to mix him in, but feel like he's going to be coming in at a little higher end and actually like the the two guys below him a bit more. So looking to be a little underweight on Havlin, focusing on Havlin and Morikawa in that range, and then I agree on Louis. It's a bit, it's a bit of sticker shock on Louis for me. I would have thought that he would have come in in like the high eights, but he's he's still just been performing, in, in every major has that Open Championship record. So definitely going to be looking his way this week.
0: Yeah, and that price tag will probably keep him a little bit lower owned than it. You know, otherwise, I think
2: was it was it the U.S. Open that he was really cheap
0: in every major yeah,
2: yeah usually he's like low 8k so i was surprised to, I'm, but, was... but it's probably appropriate because he's like you said he's been coming in second on the reg
0: yeah i've got no issue um really with uh with any of these guys uh obviously you guys alluded to i'm pretty high on thomas uh, i like more cow and, and hobland as well so um i'll probably keep an eye on ownership here but uh might end up at least being underweight on on spieth um just just for leverage and you know hope he doesn't win if he gets 12th or 15th you know it probably doesn't uh knock you out of the running for for anything so uh and you know because I will be playing some of the other chalk so uh, it's like they're taunting me with Reed and and Speeth as uh, as chalk this week but I'm in on Reed uh, that oh, means uh-oh. you should all run uh-oh. for the hill
2: I was about to be on with him but now, now I'm debating <laughs> um
0: I mean, if Speeth is number one for magic on and around the greens, man, I can't tell you how many times Patrick Reed has made a cut because he's chipped in from 40 feet in the rough oh. off the green or something. It's just all the time. I mean, he'll, he'll go make a 12 foot putt. Um, whoever runs the anonymous Twitter account that most people seem to think is being run by his wife is tweeting out about his tee times. It's Benny on part two. We've got Patrick Reed. Uh, and, uh, and Justine very upset about Patrick getting a, a late Thursday, early Friday tee time. Uh, that was coming out this morning, so they're fired up. I mean, he's ready to go, and, uh, you know, his game suits, links golf well, and, and he's another one of those guys that just shows up at, at majors. So um, I'm in on Reed this week. Uh, I can't go back on that now just because of ownership, uh, so therefore I will, I'll probably be less on Spieth. Uh, So Reed is, you know, obviously a guy that people are looking to in the eight K range. I know people have questions on Paul Casey. Is he fully healthy? Um, You know, I saw a couple people in the chat, ask what to do with Webb Simpson, what to do with Tony Finau. Really interesting nuggets on both of those guys, both Finau and Webb Simpson come in with back-to-back missed cuts, and that's going to keep less people on them this week. So I like those guys as potential bounce back candidates. So interesting targets in this range um tj i'll throw this one to you first uh since now you know now you got to swerve off a read because i'm on him uh who are you looking at in the eight case
2: i was gonna say both patrick's but i can and certainly talk about the other patrick in right at the top can't lay aside from the the four tournaments where he just randomly forgot how to play golf he's been pretty dialed in since late last year coming off of a 13th 15th at the travelers New u.s open his you know, win at the Memorial, obviously Rom w- would have won that, but still nonetheless. And then 23rd at the PGA, just been playing that all around game, gaining strokes to the green, also been playing well on and around the green. So can't lays is probably my top overall play on the board, just given the, the price and the, the equity that I feel he has definitely going to come with some ownership, but can fit a lot of different roster constructions as your second or third guy in. So like can't lay at the top. I do like, Patrick Reed although you know I think everyone's got to reconsider it whenever STL is in on Patrick Reed we all know to run the other way I think
0: he did well (laughs) he did well the last time I played him so maybe we've broken the curse
2: we've we've turned turned a new leaf here I I definitely like Tony Finau down at 8400 feels feels a little bit underpriced The, the narrative around Finau is always that he can't win but at 8,400. You, you don't need him to win. You just need him to to churn out those top 10s as he's been able to do in majors in the past. So I'm on fee now. Also, like, I like Scotty Scheffler. I pretty much like Scotty Scheffler every major. feel like he just always performs in the the more difficult events, the tougher fields, past couple majors, poured out some, some top 20, top 10 finishes. So Scotty Scheffler, I think decent leverage play towards the bottom there. So those are the guys that are are sticking out to me in the AK range.
0: All right, Noto, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I like both Patrick's up top, uh, Canley and Reed. You guys kind of mentioned uh, the reasons why we should like them this week. Canley just feels way too underpriced uh, to me. You take out those four miscuts, cuts like uh, TJ was uh, mentioned. He's been one of the best golfers on tour this season. Uh, he's got two wins in his last uh, 15 starts as well. So I like him. Um, I like Fina out of bounce back. Broke my heart at the U.S. Open. Couldn't believe how bad he played there. Uh, But his uh, top 10 rate in majors is pretty high, and he's been really good at the Open Championships, four straight top 30s. I do like Webb as sort of a leverage play in this range. Um, You mentioned the back-to-back miscuts, and he's only played three times in three months. Uh, I was dealing with that neck injury, but uh, I just think he's a good fit for the course. Um, The grinder types um, tend to play well at the Open Championships, so I do like him a lot as a leverage play there. And then I really like Tommy Fleetwood. My um, rule for him, play him in Europe and fade in America. It's worked pretty good over the last couple of years. He's had progressively better finishes, each of the last four opens. Uh, and he finished second in 2019. So uh, he's only got one more spot to go up. Um, and naturally that's going to happen. So I like those guys. And then, yeah, Paul Casey, I don't know what I'm doing with him yet. So do you guys have – what are you guys doing?
0: I mean, I'm worried about the health. That's really the only thing that uh... – that would hold me back. You know, I can't remember if that was the U S open or the travelers Travelers, where he was, I hit the lock
1: button.
0: (laughs) And you know, everyone thought he was going to withdraw and we haven't seen him since in like three weeks. So I I don't, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing to indicate that he's not healthy, but uh, it's just, it's a concern. I mean, that's the last time we saw him. So because there's so many good golfers in this range, um, I just I think I'm out, but it's not because of his stats or his play. It's just uh, I'll take a risk-averse approach to him. I think TJ, you got a thought on Casey?
2: Yeah, I think that's a valid point. Just like you said, with so many good options around him, but the numbers definitely check out. I mean, he's been striking the ball great. Putter has been the same as always when it comes to Paul Casey, but still getting those finishes in seventh at the U.S. Open, fourth at the PGA. 26 of the Masters, 5th of the players. So doing well in the, the high-end major slash the 5th majors in the players. So I'm going to have a, a little bit of Paul Casey, but not trying to get too, too crazy on him.
0: All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, we've pretty much covered up to 8,000. So uh, good options in this range. Lots of decent contrarian options. Um, I see people are already starting to talk about the value plays. We'll get to those guys in just a bit. Uh, we can probably throw out, I guess, the golfer segment, though, just because I don't want to forget to do it. So uh, this would be a golfer that is under 7,000 on DraftKings that we all kind of like as a value, not super chalky or anything like that, but um, you know, reasonable value play this week. And you know, we don't have to get too crazy. It's not Scott Brown like crazy uh, because we got uh, you know, a good field here. But uh, throw it out, throw out your guesses in the YouTube chat if you're watching us live. First person to get it gets a free week of uh, Roto Grinders premium access. Uh, We got quite a few people watching this week. So um, who knows? Maybe we can throw out two if two people happen to get it in a short period of time. So throw your guesses out there. If uh, if we get a winner, uh, we will uh, announce that shortly. So while people are throwing those guesses out there, let's go ahead and move into the 7K range. Noto, I'll stick with you on this range first uh, because your boy Matt Fitzpatrick is uh, is there at 7900. So are you on him this week?
1: Yeah, I certainly have a type. Uh, the guys that are short off the tee, not great with the irons and uh, lead short games. So uh, Harmon and Fitzpatrick, yeah, uh, got to be on those guys. Uh, but yeah, played great uh, last week at the Scottish, ended up losing in a playoff. Um, his record at the Open hasn't been great, but uh, he's a much better golfer now than he ever was um, the last you know four times he's played it. So I will be on Fitz. Uh, he's going to be pretty popular. I like going back to Cam Smith. I think if he was in a little better form, he would be a lot more popular and probably more expensive. Um last time we saw him, the iron started to heat up. We know he's pretty good in the majors. Uh I have a Jason Day problem, so I got to play him. Uh really good open track record. Um, the last time he played the open, I don't know if you guys rostered him that week, but uh he had like six bogeys in a row on his back nine on Friday, I missed the cup by one. Uh it was just brutal. Uh but anyway, back to back top 15s for him. So I like Jason Day. I'll have a little bit of Sergio, and then that's pretty much it for the 75 to 8k for me.
0: All right, uh, TJ. Who are you looking at in this range?
2: Yeah, they really start to tempt me in the seven K range because we, we got a bunch of the ball strikers that are are struggling around the greens, and I really do think that that's going to be important this week. So looking at a couple of those guys, that's definitely weighing on my mind. I like Fitzy for the same reasons that Noto said. Think that he just sets up well for this kind of tournament, that grinder type environment. Going to be on Lowry a bit, uh, the the defending champ from the Open two years ago. In, in pretty good form as of late. Uh, someone that, that I'm going to be mixing in for sure has just that, that steady all around game that I look for in these types of tournaments. Feel the same way about Jason day, not looking to get crazy on him, but going to be mixing him in. And then Abraham answer. I, I, I like him quite a bit, have some concerns with his ability to scramble, but I, I love the upside just with the way that he's been striking the ball recently. 18th of the last, 24 rounds tee to green fourth and first game total putting the ball well. So, uh, if he can avoid any disasters around the green, I like answers chances here.
0: All right. Uh, Lucas Herbert was the, uh, the golfer for the guess the golfer segment. And, uh, we'll see if, uh, if Devin is, uh, feeling generous. Uh, so Garth, uh, was the first one to guess it, uh, but we actually had somebody ask about Lucas Herbert before we even started playing the game, which is, uh, that's premonition right there to ask about the guest, the golfer guy before we even brought up the game. So shout out to uh, also great username DFS Hack, um, asking about Lucas Herbert before. So we're in, uh, I am definitely in on Lucas Herbert this week. Uh, so you can uh, uh, hit up Devin and get a free week of Roto grinders premium as well. Congrats. Thanks for playing everybody and uh yeah very much appreciate it and uh, if you like the program you're watching us live checking us out on youtube be sure to hit that thumbs up button and uh, subscribe to the uh, rg channel if you haven't already we appreciate that very much helps out with those youtube algorithms and all those fun things so uh all right uh i was a little distracted by the game there so my apologies if i duplicate up on anything you guys said um but uh, yeah i mean guys that have some history on links that, uh, you know, maybe feel a little bit overpriced compared to others, you know, Lowry, uh, Sergio, those are guys that I like this week. And then you can even start digging into some of those names of guys that play on the European tour a little bit more um, that may not be the household names in the States. Robert McIntyre is a good example of that came six at the open a couple years ago. Uh, solid links player in decent form right now too. So McIntyre at 7,300 is one of my favorite values of the week. Um, was kind of shocked to see we've got Harris English projecting to be really, really popular. Uh, not sure if he'll end up, you know, at 15 plus percent. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. That seems a little high, uh, especially with Ricky Fowler kind of, uh, you know, adding some steam there at 7,300. So that's kind of bleeding into the lower end of the seven K's a little bit. Um, with McIntyre uh, being my favorite. And then, you know, guys like Fowler and English getting some momentum. I think you guys covered the the 7,500 to 8K range pretty well. So, um, TJ, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, what are you thinking in the uh, lower end of the 7K range? I see you got a few guys tagged up here.
2: Yeah, I tagged a couple couple here. Started with Daniel Berger. Just felt like he was pretty underpriced at the $7,400 price tag and at least looking at ownership projections as of now, it doesn't seem like he's going to come in too heavily. So that's definitely someone that I'm looking to get overweight on someone that I would also consider for single entry, three max type tournaments, just solid all around game coming in, in in decent form and just feel that the, the price tag is too good to pass up there. English, as you mentioned, I, I do really like him as a play. The form is great coming in at the you know, sixth and Short sure seeing total over the last 24 rounds, but if he's really going to be upwards of 20%, I think that's, that's pretty tough to stomach in GPPs. I think that's one of the things with these majors is there's so many good options that I'm trying not to, to get too carried away on any of the lower-priced, chalkier guys. And then rounding things out at the bottom. I like Poulter, just again, grinder type that has obviously tons of major experience. Jason Kokrak, someone who striking the ball really well. Struggles around the greens, but I think he has a ton of upside if he can get the the, the irons going there. And then I'll round it out with Brandon Grace down low, uh, someone that I was not expecting to be on. But as I dug in deeper, you know, seventh at the U.S. Open, fourth of the Memorial, 38th at the PGA, has made six straight cuts and just playing some some pretty good all around golf right now. So going to be mixing him into my GPP mix as well.
0: All right. uh, Definitely some uh, good names there. Uh, Noto, you're usually a Harris English guy. Uh, At least uh, you've had some pretty good success with him in the past, uh, playing him when he's on and and fading him when he's off. So uh, what do we do with him at, you know, relatively probably the most popular player under 7,500?
1: Yeah, my uh, strategies are conflicting here because I play English a lot, but I don't play the guy coming off the win and uh, I don't play the cheap chalk. At least I try not to. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with English. I think at uh, that ownership, if it holds, I probably won't play a lot of him. If it was the U.S. Open or something stateside, I'd feel a little bit better about him. Uh, some of the guys I do like, uh, Daniel Berger, when I first ran you know, my ratings and when I first saw the prices, I thought he was going to be the highest owned golfer in the field. And it uh, looks like he's only going to be 12%. So if that's the case, I'll have a bunch of him. I like Bazoot and Howell quite a bit. Um, he's quietly made 20 straight cuts by my count, um, which is wild. He uh, doesn't have a ton of high finishes during that stretch, uh, except when you know he won back to back back in the fall. But uh, he's playing some great golf. It's a shorter course. He's got an elite short game. Um, I don't mind taking you know a little bit of Molinari. Um, I know his form's been pretty wild, but if you're playing MMEs, don't mind that. Love the Bobby Mack call. Um, he's been playing great both uh, you know in America and over in Europe. So. I'll be on him. I like Fowler, especially if it stays under, you know, 10%, but I do think he's getting more steam than uh, our ownership projection show right now. And then at the bottom range. So I wrote a betting trends article, um, that just picked a bunch of random trends from past open champions. And, uh, Poulter was one of the four guys that uh, met all the criteria to win, uh, this week. So uh, I bet him outright, I'm going to be playing some of him. I also like, uh, I'll have a little bit of Brian Arman and, uh, you know, Guido Migliotti, five straight top 35s worldwide. Um, his numbers, if, TJ, if you like Ball Striker, his numbers on um, the Euro Tour are awesome. So I uh, definitely think he's worth the shot. I like him a little bit more than Gary Higo this week. I
0: yeah, don't mind those guys. Uh, I think I might pivot some of my English exposure to some of those guys in that range if the ownership holds. But I do think English will dip a bit uh, with some of that steam going to guys like Fowler. Um Alex Noren is another guy I don't mind at uh, at 7,200. You know, pretty good uh, links player that eh, rediscovering his form a little bit. Still not in you know tip-top form uh, compared to to where maybe he was a couple years ago. But uh, this could be a place where he rediscovers a little bit of that. So that'll be another name I throw in there at uh, at 7,200. So are are you? Did you mention Harmon? No, no. Are you in or out on Harmon?
1: Well, he's missed four straight cuts here. Uh, played awful last week. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously in.
2: I'm in, too. Don't yeah. worry. I'm in on Harmon. <laughs> I'm actually surprisingly not super in on, on Corey Connors. Usually I love Corey Connors, but it just doesn't feel like the ideal setup yeah, for him. And so, his... I'm trying to exercise some. Uh,
1: he's going to yeah. be hitting it over the green and back over. And... <laughs> just doesn't seem
2: good. Yeah, I can see just a lot of back and forth happening. Yeah, I mean, it would be
0: really interesting if this was, like, two months ago when he was really dominating – Uh, relatively speaking, but uh, you know, lately he's leveled off, missed the cut at the U S open came over and played the Scottish open last week and shot a 76 in the first round 65 in the second round. So yeah, it just feels like there's like an 80 uh, coming from Connors and uh, you know, a little too risky in this type of course for me. So uh, also didn't mention this off the top, but if you built lineups early or if you're, you know, uh, depending on what, you know, you're using to build your lineups, um, there have been a silly amount of withdrawals from this tournament. It was like when we were first putting the projections together on Monday, it was like 17 guys that had salaries on DraftKings that aren't playing. Now, DraftKings and FanDuel, obviously, they do a good job of noting who's in and who's out, uh, but make sure you're not playing like Zach Johnson, who uh, tested positive for COVID after the John Deere. Matsuyama withdrew a couple weeks ago. He didn't make the trip. Kevin Na didn't make the trip. Um, Sung J M and Siwo Kim are out to. to prep for the olympics bubba uh, had a contact with covid so he's out so there's just a lot of guys that aren't playing uh just make sure you don't run into any of those landmines uh you wouldn't want a zero So or maybe again maybe you would want a zero depending on how hard the course plays but um probably not going to want a zero so all right uh, tj anything else you like above 7k before we move into the the punts
2: uh, i think that that covers it off I'll, I'll, I'll second on the harman i don't think i did that but i wrote him up in the article just fits fits well as the grinder type course and uh i'm always always down to support note on that one <laughs> all <smart>. right
0: <laughs> you got you, you can was uh, the uh, birds of a feather lose together that's all the... <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding i don't mind he's at <laughs> harman's in my player pool right now so i don't mind it um all right, let's go ahead and move into the 6Ks. It does get pretty weak. You probably don't want to go too nuts here. We mentioned Lucas Herbert as our guest, the golfer. Um, you know, and uh, shocking that he's not getting a ton of steam. I think he'll get a little bit, but uh, 18th and 19th in his last two PGA Tour starts and came over to Europe, won at the Irish Open and finished fourth last week at the Scottish Open. 48 total birdies and two Eagles in those last two events. So uh, if you are into golfers that are in good form, then. Herbert makes for a fine punt at 6,800. So, Nodo, who else are you looking at for value?
1: Yeah, I do like Herbert. I also like the uh, winner, Stuart Sink. Um, I think he's going to play real well this week. Uh, back-to-back top 25s at the Open. He's won the Open before. Uh, he gained nine strokes ball striking his last time out. Uh, I just think a lot of uh, things set up well for him this week at 6,900. Kevin Kitzer's been playing really well. I thought he would be more popular than this, so I'm glad that he's not. Um, He's coming off a back-to-back top 10s, pretty good track record at the Open, kind of fits that grinder type that we're looking for. Um, I have a little bit of Richard Bland. Um, You know, Many just know him as the 36-hole leader at the U.S. Open, but um, prior to that, he won the British Masters, had a third. Then after the U.S. Open, he posted a fourth, and last week he was T-15 at the Scottish. So he's playing some great golf right now. It looks like we have a 2% ownership. I like that quite a bit. I like, uh, I'm going to have some Keegan Bradley. Um, he's one of the only, you know, American cheap ball strikers that I like. But uh, his around the green games improved quite a bit recently. Charlie Hoffman's a guy that plays well in majors, um, plays well in the, in the wind. So I like him quite a bit. And then the only other guy I have in my player pool right now is Jason Scrivener. I think he's a nice pivot off of Sam Burns. Um, Sam Burns certainly makes sense. Rates out as a really good value play in my model, but uh, you know, ten percent sandburn scares me a little bit, so I'll play Scrivener instead. He's got three top tens in his last five European Tour starts.
0: All right, TJ, who are you looking at?
2: Yeah, starting at the top, I'll echo the Stewart Sink play. I just think that he he sets up nicely here, has the the all around game, and has been playing some good golf despite the older age, working down. And I, I'll also start by saying that I. I don't think it's necessary to go super overweight on the 6k range, just given how soft the pricing is up top. I don't think that you gain a ton by dipping down to some of these guys. So I'm keeping it relatively tight. Uh Strillman is someone that that interests me. Missed the last two cuts. You know, the John Deere lost, I think, four strokes putting. So kind of throwing that out. But prior to that, had a, a string of top 25 or better finishes. And again, fits that all around mold type of game. So I like Strillman a bit. Keegan Bradley, I'll echo that one, just a, a ball striker that uh, I noticed the same thing as noted that he's been improving the around the game around the green game, putting is still terrible, but that is what it is. Uh, man, my guy, Cameron, Trangali, not not as hype on him as I typically am, but yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least include a little bit of him in the player pool to someone that I've been on consistently for the past couple of months. And then working down deeper, I would probably just look at Taylor Gooch a bit. And then, you know, the the Burns play, I think, is, is super cheap for Burns down at 6,300. But, yeah, going to come with some ownership. But think that it's definitely a, a bit of a misprice all the way down there.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, his game for this type of course does worry me a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he obviously doesn't have the link experience. I'm out on Burns. I just think this is a spot – where you fade the cheap chalk, he's going to probably come in over 10%. Um, in, in GPPs, I just, I, I'm I'm not interested, really. I, if, 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 it, if it beats me, you know, it beats me. Um, but I'll look to some of those other guys. Um, you know, are you really just looking for a made cut and somebody that doesn't implode down here? I could see Burns shooting an 80. I mean, all these guys could shoot an 80. But uh, you got guys that could be like, One, two, three percent own guys like Streelman who was really popular last week or Ryan Fox. If you want somebody that's got a little bit more experience on the European tour. Um, Those are some guys that, you know, you could consider Noto mentioned Scrivener uh, who's going to be about 1% owned. So those are all guys that I think at least in GPP builds uh, are are better uh, leverage plays than, than Burns. So uh, Burns will be my bold stance against the cheap chalk this week. Otherwise, I like the guys that you guys mentioned there. We're all in agreement on Herbert. Uh, We're all in agreement on Sync. Uh, So I think those are the first two guys you want to look at uh, below 7K. Saw a couple people in the YouTube chat ask about Lee Westwood um, and any love for Matt Wallace. So asking about some of the Euro Tour guys. um, And then Will Zalatoris as well. So um, you got any hot takes, Noto, on any of those three guys? Zalatoris, Matt Wallace, uh, Lee Westwood.
1: I usually always play Westwood and majors, especially in this one, but I was just looking at his numbers on PJ tour. They're not great on the European tour. They're not great. Usually he's a great ball striker. It just hasn't been the case uh, ever since he left Florida, where he had those back-to-back uh, second place finishes. So, uh, and I think he was like right near the lead at the Scottish last week, ended up 235. So I think I'm off of him, but uh, I mean, he certainly makes some sense. Zalatoris, it pains me, but I am going to be off of him. Um, just the short game kind of worries me a little bit. And then who was the last guy Matt Wallace? Yeah. I think Matt Wallace makes sense. Um, he's making a lot of cuts right now. Just hasn't had those high end finishes, but, uh, earlier in the year, we saw him uh, do some really good things. So I, I don't mind him at all.
0: Do you like him or Noren better? Noren. All right. Uh, let's see TJ. Let's see if we got any people asking about Sergio Dean Burmeister uh let's see people agreeing with your grace take a little bit ago i think we've hit on uh, most of them but anybody else that uh maybe you uh, didn't get a chance to bring up throughout the show that uh, you like a little bit
2: Uh, i didn't i didn't talk about ricky i know that you guys did i i'm coming around to it i would say although it seems like everyone's coming around to it which which worries me a little bit but um ricky's not someone that i i mentioned i feel like i touched on on most of, of my guys here. I'm trying to look through, but.
0: You got a Fleetwood take?
2: <sighs> it's so tough. It's so tempting. I mean, I, I love Tommy Fleetwood. I'm a big Tommy Fleetwood fan. It's so tempting to play him overseas, obviously in particular. But I think. I, I think mean, I'm on I, the Noto plan. You're on? I'm on, a, I'm, I'm okay. on the Noto plan. Play him in Europe. Why not? Uh, I he does, He does just do so much better. So it's like, I, I haven't even literally been considering him at all on on this side of the pond but this is the first time that he's at least piqued my interest a bit so uh maybe maybe you guys will convince me come line up lock to to mix some Fleetwood in there
0: uh right uh, we've touched on most of the questions so uh really interesting it'll be interesting to see where somebody like Burns comes out like it, it in these types of tournaments everybody um you know, you like to try to fit the stars in and the stars and scrubs builds come together pretty easily. But with the salaries being a little softer, you know, you can kind of go for the uh, the seven K guys and round it out with a couple of those. So we uh, will be interesting to see where the ownership goes. Part of what makes the puzzle so interesting is, you know, trying to figure out where these guys are going to land. Uh, our projections, you know, team and our uh, ownership guy Trey does a great job, uh, you know, updating that throughout the week and and keeping the pulse on various sources and social media to to kind of gauge that and uh, does very well. So, um, yeah, that'll pretty much wrap us up here for this week. Looking ahead at the schedule next week, we've got the 3M Open, so back to another uh, easy event with a lot of birdies next week in Minnesota. Uh, And then the Olympics uh, uh, contested there in the uh, Tokyo Olympics in Japan will be uh, rolling into the 1st of August. So that's what's coming up the next couple of weeks. Uh, Big crowd tonight. Appreciate y'all checking us out. And those of you who might be watching us later as you build your lineups, uh, we appreciate it as always. And again, remember to uh, hit that thumbs up button before you go. Somebody asking about Ryan Fox uh, as we go. I mentioned him just briefly in passing. I don't mind him as a punt in GPPs, particularly a pivot away. If you're looking to not play burns or something like that, Um, he's risky. He's got some downside, some miscut potential, but a little more upside than some others in that range. So that'll wrap us up. Thanks to TJ for hopping on, on short notice this week and noto and as always our producer devin for all those guys i'm justin best of luck everybody with the open championship hopefully your sleep schedule doesn't get messed up uh, too much but should be some fun golf there and good tv coverage as well for the four days so good luck sweat your lineups and uh, we will see you back here next week everybody take care